Welcome to the Family Connections Podcast, where we are connecting parents and families to God, each other, and the church. So glad you're joining us today for our podcast, and we're looking at meeting your child's needs. And, you know, there are many books and talks that focus on meeting our child's needs. So you might be thinking, why are we dedicating a podcast episode on this topic? Well, even as I say that phrase, meeting your child's needs, it can seem very child-centric, right? But here's the perspective that we're coming from, that God made humans in His image, and there are five dimensions of our personhood that make us unique from the rest of creation. We are physical, cognitive, emotional, social, and spiritual beings. And we all have needs in these five areas, and of course, so do our kids. So today, Melanie and I are going to discuss these five categories, and and we have to mention a few things. First is that these are interconnected. They're not compartmental entities. They're woven together like a tapestry. I don't know if you ever had to give an oral report when you were younger as a kid, and you think, okay, that's that's just a, a basic activity. You stand up in front, and you say your report, and yet all of a sudden your stomach's hurting, right? You know, you're kind of afraid of what's going to happen. Maybe your stomach was hurting the night before, and you're not realizing that uh, the mental, the physical, emotional, that, that's all kind of wrapped up. And so we can't compartmentalize these areas. And, and you see, secondly, as, as parents, we're challenged to consider our own needs as well as our children's needs. So uh, don't miss that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about uh, needs that might be magnified or intensified right now because of our present pandemic crisis. That is, what, what we say today could have been said this time last year, but now the needs of our children seem greater in light of the severe life changes. So, Melanie, why don't you lead us off with the first part? Well, I think the first category that you mentioned was physical or biological Um, obviously this deals with our bodies, um, diet, exercise, sleep, all of those kinds of things. And we need to know what our kids need and make sure we're providing that. Um, the challenge it's, we've always needed that of course, but the challenges now are harder because of all the craziness going on with the pandemic. And, um, you may be sitting for extended periods of time longer, especially if your kids are doing school remotely. Um, they don't have scheduled, like when they went to school in a classroom on a campus, the whole day was planned with recess time and physical education time and time when the kids were outdoors doing all playing all kinds of sports, mm-hmm. all kinds of equipment available for them. And so part of their a lot of their needs for physical activity and exercise were met at school through that now. And I know that there are still options for that. And I know a lot of teachers within at least the school district that I've worked in um, are planning those things into their curriculum for the day, but it still isn't going to be the same as the kids going outside and playing with all the equipment and all of that. Um, So it's something we need to be aware of and think about. Um, So how are we going to do that? We know that everything is intensified now, that it's harder to meet these needs. And certainly the physical needs of our kids 
are, and like Mike was saying before too, it's for us as well. We have to think about this and how we are going to get the exercise and the, the proper nutrition and the enough rest that we need. So we're thinking about, um, recognizing your child's specific needs, making sure that they are getting enough sleep. There's all kinds of information out about, you know, how many hours based on the age of your child is a good range. Um, but you know your kids too, and your children, they may have different sleep needs, even if they're in the same age range, some need more. And you know that as a parent. Um, we have to teach them and model these healthy behaviors mm-hmm. for them. Um, I know I have, a, have had a tendency when my kids were little and even now to be so um, focused on getting my checklist done and getting everything done for the day that the other things get neglected. And that ends up making it harder for me to get stuff done because the exercise and the activity and the proper nutrition helps everything to go better, to work better. And if I take that little rest or break, maybe a a short walk or something like that, then I can come back and be more effective in accomplishing the tasks that I need to. And um, so we're, we're thinking about that. We've probably all had the experience of being hangry where you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're stressed out and you're like, why can't I get this finished? And then you realize, well, I haven't eaten for however many hours. So if we as adults, that happens to us, how much more to children whose bodies are smaller and may need more frequent, you know, nutrition breaks mm-hmm. along the way. Um, and then one thing, too, that I was thinking about is not only do we need enough sleep, but we need enough downtime. Yeah. And I think... That's something that as parents, it's hard for us to do for ourselves. We certainly need to make sure that our kids are doing that. And I think in the past, giving them, you know, they had a lot more screen time because they love to play video games or watch TV or whatever. We need to watch that now, even more so, just because downtime needs to be restful. And if more screen time is more is not helping with that, then we need to be able to know how to limit that and make it possible for our kids to have downtime that is rejuvenating, restful, really relaxing for them. Hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that, Melanie, because it kind of flows into this next one of mm-hmm. the, the cognitive or the intellectual, which which also has the attitude and the mental mindset. And so it's so interesting because in this area, it's talking about uh, their minds, right? Their decision-making, mm-hmm. their mental state, um, cognitive abilities. And you think right now with doing uh, many people doing school at home, uh, I'm sure the kids raise their hand to their parents and say, okay, my brain is full. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so the challenges in, in this area is mainly that it's online learning for a lot of the kids. And a uh, side note, it's also the, parent, uh, the parent's confidence level in that. So there's some stresses in that too, from the parent side, but, um, and then the change process and, uh, uh, dealing with disappointment that kids have. And, and so, um, uh, just like their bodies needing a break that you mentioned, mm-hmm. so do their minds. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when I taught middle school, uh, years ago, I learned this maxim, uh, that was very important in my teaching squirrely teenagers. Uh, the mind can only retain what the bottom can endure. So if you're sitting for a long time, uh, you know what, you're just spacing out. So you just kind of need a mental break as well. And, and I think especially now, um, 
we need to be reminded of this. Our, our kids need to have uh, not just the physical breaks, mm-hmm. but they need to have that that mental time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unrelated to school, um, kids can exercise their mind through doing puzzles, strategy games, crossword, uh, things that that aren't related uh, to school. And and I think when we talk about their attitude or their mental state, uh, we really want to help them reframe thought patterns that get them stuck. Um, in neuroscience, it's called neuropathways. And so there's certain things that they can get into a, a, a cognitive rut, a way of doing things and to think differently. <laughs> so that's one of the things our kids might need. And that shows up in their attitude in some way. Um, and of course, the way that you think uh, behaviors are going to come from that. So we really want to help them reframe and uh, just doing a mental health check. I, I think a lot of times uh, our kids could be going, you know, doing their stuff in school and, see, and things seem to be okay. But we always want to make sure, you know, how are they doing? It's um, their, their thought process and um, how they deal with uh, certain things that are happening now. So yeah, all this is the cognitive and mental area that we want to be um, paying particular attention to with our kids because um, sometimes it's it's forgotten. And, and so uh, another way to, to help address this is to have ongoing conversations with our kids. Um, what do they think about uh, this uh, problem that they might have in one of their classes? Um, what do they think about uh, the world as it is right now. And so um, this one area I think is really important that we'll have to look at of what our kids are thinking and again, what their mental state is. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know that in the last six months, especially as uh, kids have had to adjust to um, what's going on in our world today, um, their their thoughts, their dreams, things that they're um, sad that they don't have anymore, how do we help them navigate that as we ourselves as parents are navigating <laughs> that, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and modeling that, I hope, as we're helping them to have a, a healthy uh, attitude and mental state. So I think checking in with our kids, um, seeing how they're doing is really important. And of course, not just the cognitive, but the the next part yeah. uh, goes hand in hand with that. It sure does. The affective or emotional state of our kids, clearly what you think has a huge impact on your emotional level. Um, And I love when you were saying learning new ways to do things, because haven't we all, (laughs) we are all required to do that. It seems like every day we're figuring out new ways to do things. And honestly, at first, that was a huge stress for me, Um, definitely affected my emotional state. But now it's like, wow, there's a freedom in that, too. Mm. We can do things different ways and still accomplish the purposes that they were meant to. So when we're thinking about, like you're saying, it ties together so well, the mental um, component as well as the emotional component of our kids and of ourselves as parents. um, One of the main things that children need is to feel safe. They need to know that they're cared for, that they're loved, that their needs will be met. And as a result of that foundational security and safety, they're going to learn to trust that their needs will be met, that you're taking care of them and it's going to be okay. 
Um, without that basic need being met, it's really hard to move on past that. So we want to be sure that they're understanding that and that we're telling them and we're also showing them that we're walking with God and God is is protecting us and helping us to get through all of this. Um, so obviously that's a challenge for now. Um, usually, well, usually, before all of this, in the before time yeah. when <laughs> all this started, we could do a lot of those fairly well without a whole lot of extra effort. But now, of course, it's different because everything is intensified, our emotional reactions to everything. Things that normally wouldn't stress you out, all of a sudden it really bothering you. And you're yeah. like, well, what in the world? Well, there's several reasons probably. One is it's probably not that specific little thing. It's a lot of other stuff. But because the stress is so continuous and every little thing seems blown up and intensified. So we, we have to, it starts with us as parents. We have to model what we do with that and how we trust the Lord and we talk to him and we ask him for his grace and we, you know, walk with him and our kids see that and we can lead them in that. Um, there's also other things to worry about. I know they're saying that depression and anxiety among kids, especially teenagers is like all time highs, record highs now. So, um, we really need to just be aware and connected with our kids. And I think it's, it goes with all of the other things. It's hard when you're trying to work from home and your kids are trying to do school from home and you're trying to help your kids with their doing their school from (laughs) home um, to figure out how that's all going to work is hard. But we can't be everyone for ourselves. We have to work together as a family unit, as a team. And we can actually gain strength from our kids too. Um, To be fair, I've been so um, excited and so happy that here at our church, we've been able to start Sunday school again for our preschool and kindergarten kids. And when these little children come, I see they're happy. They're, I, I mean, kudos to their parents. I'm really impressed. I know that a lot of their parents have issues with masks, mm-hmm. either pro or con. And yet these, they have done such a good job with their kids. Since we're requiring that, of that the kids wear masks, they have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. They're not complaining. They're just happy to be there. They like to see their friends. They're not quite as happy that they have to sit away from their friends, but at least that they can see them. And to see their joy at being back at church and in their group with their friends, and that's just uh, such a blessing to me. And I'm really proud of the parents that are encouraging that, regardless of how they personally feel. (laughs) And um, one of, okay, so I'm in a choir that we'll start meeting again, hopefully soon. But one of my favorite songs from this group comes from uh, some verses in First Thessalonians. And it says to always be joyful, keep on praying, no matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. And I love that because we know that that's his will. And if we do that, if we do those things, being joyful and thankful um, not so worried about things, but trusting him, we will experience his peace. And I think we can model that for our kids. And I liked too, what you said about having open-ended questions for them, definitely about what they're feeling and 
how we can encourage them and help them through that is great. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting when you mentioned that um, socialization part of the kids, you know, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. an emotional part. And that really brings us into the fourth area uh, that we're looking at in their needs. And that's the social relational part. And it doesn't matter how old uh, our kids are. Um, they need and we need mm-hmm. social relations, friends, participation with others. And obviously, that need has been so highlighted um, during this this time of COVID in the last six months, right? So obviously, that's been the biggest challenge, right? The stay-at-home orders, depending on what state, and what country uh, you know, you're living in, uh, this is a global pandemic and it affects our, our socialization, our relationship with others. Now you can't still socialize over Zoom and Google Hangouts and FaceTime. So again, uh, that's a plus and we have to look at that as a positive. And um, of course, we're so used to in-person and we think that's the only way to relate. So I need to say that first off is because um, we sometimes will put on our kids uh, socialization and relational things that we hold as parents. And that's why I like when you said, hey, the kids aren't given a hard time about wearing a mask. They're all excited to be there. They're following their parents and their teachers so they can adapt. I think uh, us as uh, older adults <laughs> have a hard time with adapting. Same kind of thing. You can socialize, right, called social media. Uh, and I know there's a lot of <laughs> negative aspects of social media, but there are ways for people to connect. I connect with people in other countries on Facebook or through FaceTime or Skype. So I am thankful for that opportunity. And I've met new people in online uh, Bible studies and groups um, over Zoom. So uh, again, uh, how you meet that need, uh, that's a different thing. So let's not just say it has to be in person. But we do desire for that, right? People that desire physical touch, hugs, handshakes, pat on the back, um, being closer, not physically distanced, right? So some of the challenges, obviously, in this time period is is isolation, right? Less opportunity mm-hmm. to meet with others in person, which can cause a relational drift. Um, even in 2020 BC, that is before COVID, um, <laughs> Uh, kids, especially teenagers, would have FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, Mm -hmm. which is an emotional and a social thing, right? So those are the two categories coming together that our kids need. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just um, overinflated. You know, I can't miss out on that. Oh, I wasn't in that picture that was posted, right? And so um, kids and adults, we all have the need to belong. So our social relational category, it's really important. So so how to address this need, um, whether it's during a pandemic or not, I think whether uh, you or your kids are introverts or extroverts, we all need each other. Um, we want to encourage fun and meaningful friendships. Matter of fact, just as a side note, Melanie and I did an earlier podcast called Friendships Matter. If you haven't listened to that, we would really want to encourage you to listen to it because it's focusing on how we help our kids to um, uh, initiate and maintain friendships and really enjoy lifelong friendships, especially those that are Christ-centered. But um, that's what we want to do now is we want to encourage social relations as much as we can do so safely in person. Um, And I think for us as parents, it's important for us to look at um, 
each of our child's friendships and how they relate to others and to really help them uh, connect with others, especially during this time. And and again, uh, that's not just in their friendships. It could be with family members, with grandparents. Um, to be able to do that over Zoom or Google Hangouts, um, that's still somewhat face-to-face, though not in person, that as much as we might not say that's our best way of doing it, it's still something there that's going to fill up their cup, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? And we we want to make sure that the social relational part is there. Um, sometimes families can go stir crazy, cabin fever, because of having all the kids <laughs> at home. But again, uh, we just want to advocate um, a safe way at this time if you're doing in-person gatherings, um, you know, Again, wear a mask, be six mm-hmm. feet apart, and you know, just being able to still um, accentuate the positive of being able to be together. Mm-hmm. And and the same thing, utilize those things online. I think it's important to hear familiar voices, even mm-hmm. if it's on the phone. You know, kids light up when their grandma or their grandpa calls, and and you know, that's that's social relational, even though it's not merely talking about friendships. So I think that's important as well. And in the family unit. Um, there's relationships. And so let's not discount that as well, that we can grow in our relationships with our kids through, um, you know, game time, through mealtime conversations, drive time conversations, <laughs> you know, just to drop another uh, uh, podcast episode that was uh, done in Family Connections. But yeah, we need to pay attention to the social relational part to make sure uh, that our kids are are flourishing in that area. Yeah, I love that. And I love that um, made me remember one of my friends is a grandmother of a teenage daughter or teenage granddaughter. And her fa- they live in a different state. So their her favorite thing has been a weekly breakfast with grandma on on FaceTime. Oh, that's and awesome. so they'll get she'll get the teenage daughter will get the um her breakfast in the other state that she lives in and her grandma who lives here in California gets her breakfast and they'll have breakfast together. Uh, that's great. <laughs> and I love that. Um, so the, the last characteristic that we're going to talk about is spiritual and we are spiritual beings, which of course is tied in with all of the other things we've already mm-hmm. talked about. Um, specifically we're dealing with your kid's spiritual life and their relationship to God. Very important. I'm probably primarily important things as that we as parents want to be involved in. Um, clearly, the challenges now are greater. You you may not have options in wherever your church is uh, to meet now, or maybe you don't. You know, whatever your church has, wherever you are, is lessened. Even if your church is opening up, like we're having some outdoor services, we still don't have as much opportunity as we did prior to COVID. Um, So it's something that really needs to be on our radar. Um, Also, additional challenges. I know I think differently about how we even do Sunday school for kids because I don't want um, something that we do to seem like more homework or another assignment that they have to do. Um, Because now that's so much of what they're doing when they're at home and trying to do school. So we're just kind of rethinking all of that. Um, Sometimes, too, I think, like all of these categories that we've talked about, this 
category of spiritual could get put on the back burner just because we're tired. Mm. Parents are tired. We're stressed out. We've already gotten our work done for the day. We've helped our kids get all their stuff done from school. We've tried to do all these other things and we're just tired. (laughs) So what now? What are we going to do? Because those things clearly would still be obstacles regardless of COVID, right? We Excuses would be a better word probably for those. Um, but so what are we going to do? Remember that our kids and us as parents too need to know that God is always with us. Yeah. He's always taking care of us. He is never going to leave us alone. It's not all up to us. <laughs> we do the good things we're able to do through his strength and his power. Um, which never is insignificant or nothing is impossible in him, through him. So one of the things that we're thinking about, if you do have the option of meeting either online, we're watching your services online, or if you can meet in person, please take advantage of those opportunities. Um, Be intentional about that because they're really important. You want your kids to know that worshiping and honoring God is our number one priority as a family. There's lots of ways we can do that, but certainly worshiping, like I say, if you're online, that's great. If you can go in person, do that. It's great. Make it a priority, though. Um, And then another thing, simple, but we don't always think about it. We want our kids to know that we pray. We want them to see us praying. We want them to hear us praying. We need to pray with them. We need to encourage them to pray. Make it so much a natural part of your day that you're talking to God just like you're talking to each other mm-hmm. in the family. Um, and that will lay a huge uh, foundation for them as they continue to grow. Another thing I was thinking, memorizing scripture is a really important thing for all of us. So I'm thinking, instead of just making your kids learn scripture... <laughs> Let's do it together. As families, let's learn it. We at at our church, we happen to have the Awana program. You may have that or another program similar to that where kids are memorizing scripture. That's the main focus of the program. And I would encourage you to get on board with that. If your church offers that or if not, or some whatever program they have, memorize scripture with your kids. Help them, let them take the lead on a lot of that. They can make up motions, they can make up dance moves, they can teach it to you, they can quiz you on the verse Mm -hmm. to see if you know it. Just make it fun for them. So it's not like another homework assignment, but memorizing scripture is absolutely foundational and basic to our spiritual life all through any stage. So we need to do that. And when they're young and it is fun for them and we can make it turn it into a game or a fun time together, that's a win-win for sure. Um, another thing that I thought of, if I know not everyone is drawn to music, but many families are, if you have background music playing, like when you're doing chores or doing your homework or whatever, like a lot of us do pay careful attention to the lyrics. I don't care what genre of music you're listening to. The lyrics are important though. And you need to pay attention to those. Um, if I mean, at least we want the music that's playing, even if it's in the background and we're not giving our full conscious attention to it, at least we want it to be uplifting and positive um, with good messages. 
we don't ever want it to be stirring up hatred or anger or fear because we got enough of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't yeah. need to bring that in our homes and the music. And even better if that background music is praising God and worshiping and honoring him and his giving thanks to him, how much that's even stronger. But the music that you play sets the tone and it will change the mood of your house if you try it. (laughs) Just try it. Um, And then, you know, bottom line, we want our kids to know and we need to know that we can always experience God's peace regardless of circumstances because his spirit lives with us and he will never leave us or forsake us. No, that's great, Melanie. And I, and I think that, as you mentioned about that spiritual category, sometimes it seems to be an add-on. And, yeah. you know, as, as, as we're talking about meeting our children's needs, you know, again, just recapping the five areas, right? There's the physical, the cognitive, the emotional, the social, and the spiritual. And, and those all go together. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, even in the spiritual part, when you're talking about, you know, singing, you know, there's the cognitive part, there's the physical yeah. aspect, the posture, not just of um, our voices, but um, are, are we sitting? Are we standing? Do we have hands raised? Are, are we kneeling? I mean, so these five areas are, again, interconnected. It's like a tapestry. And just as a reminder, our, our parents, we as parents, set the example and model a healthy rhythm for these five areas. Mm-hmm. So if anything, hey, take care of yourself, mom. <laughs> take care of yourself, dad. Uh, right? Because uh, we don't want to uh, focus these things on our kids without doing them ourselves, right? Because we're modeling it. We're setting the example. And really, intentionality in meeting our, our child's needs is the key. Um, it's the follow-through. Mm-hmm. So so for parents today, we, we encourage you to make a list of your child's present needs in these five areas and discover what's, what's going well and, and what needs a bit more attention. Matter of fact, as you're doing that, you might be thinking about in your own life, uh, those five areas and mm-hmm. uh, what needs attention for your life and how that gets taught and modeled to your kids. And then lastly, um, we want to mention that during this difficult season, we want our families to do more than survive. We, we want them to, to, to thrive, right? And I know that sounds a bit odd, but many families have been in survival mode for a long time without a growth mindset. And they're lamenting what's been lost. Uh, they're stuck Um, And then that just brings um, complaints and bitterness. And so we really want to have positive momentum so we can adapt. And again, I I think kids are doing a better job adapting than (laughs) than many of us as parents. And so, again, if we have a growth mindset, um, so we're not talking about coping skills. We're talking about meeting needs that are essential to who we are, who our kids are, so that we can flourish. So, hey, Parents, thanks for listening today as we've covered these five areas of of meeting your child's needs. And and we're reminded once again that we as parents live and lead by God's grace. And may that truth encourage you as you raise your children. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Family Connections podcast is hosted by the family ministry team of Cornerstone Bible Church. For resources and more information about the church, please go to cvcglendora.org. We would love to connect with you. Here are a couple of ways. Subscribe to Family Connections. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
Interact with episode topics, ask questions, and share ideas on our site, familyconnections.buzzsprout.com. Do you like what you hear? Please leave a review. We look forward to being with you next time on the Family Connections podcast.